Hey art fam, it is Artie Mrs. Lee out here again with episode five. I'm so excited. It is a new week, new thoughts, new everything, right? And so before we can go on to what's going on today in our lives of the arts and education, I really want to talk about the past because we really don't know where we're going until we know where we've been, right? I'm sure you've all heard that very famous quote. Now, I was doing a little bit of research over the weekend and I came across an article by Elliot Eisner from 1987. 1987, you guys, I just wanna reiterate that. 33 years ago, two years before I was born, this article, I'm sorry, two years after I was born, this article came out. The article's uh, title is Why Arts Are Basic, right? So let's take that and let's just kind of, um, you know, kind of how we do in education, we break down the title, right? So let's break down the title. Why are arts basic? Now, I'm sure in 1987, at that time, the word basic, right, B-A-S-I-C, had a very different, um, it was a very different connotation, right? Now, basic means not that great. <laughs> the opposite to basic right now would be extra, right? Especially as we listen to our students have these conversations about how and, and how they speak to one another, what's lit, what's not lit, <laughs> right? So I'm trying to be a cool art teacher and still kind of not show my age at the same time, right? But all in all, we're breaking down these common misconceptions of art and art in uh, the education system and in uh, and what art curriculum can be. And so let's talk about this article. Let's kind of break it down a little bit. So in Elliot Eisner's article, he breaks down three different, he calls them virtues, three different virtues um, in, art in art education and why they are so important and why there needs to be a shift in people's perceptions of why art is important in schools and in uh, public education. Now, the first virtue he talks about is the matter of sensibility the manner in which we perceive and make sense of the world. And if you remember a couple episodes ago, I asked the question, how can we teach students to have a more world view when we are teaching them through, um, you know, maybe a reading text, a paragraph, or when they look at a picture, or when they're coloring a picture, you know, how can we, expand their worldview and that's how I kind of related it to his Eisner sense of matter of sensibility so how can they use their senses right their eyes to see their nose to smell their hands to touch their um, hearts to feel their ears to listen how can we engage our students now, as opposed from in 1987, which, which yes, it was very important back then as well, because otherwise my education in art would have been and looked very different um, when I started elementary school, which was 
1990, so just a few years after these articles started coming out about arts and how they import, how they um, were very important in education at the time. So, looking at the world using your senses, wouldn't that be amazing if? all students all over the country, all over the world, before they made any sudden judgments, looked at something, took a few moments, 30 seconds, one minute, and we've done this before in classes, I'm sure, where we set a timer. We have a, a, maybe a famous work from an artist up on the, on the big screen, right, in our classrooms. We invite our students to come in, they sit down on the, on the meeting carpet, well, I guess we don't have meeting carpets anymore because of corona, so they need to sit at their desks, right, <laughs> or their tables, and we give them a moment to take a look, to reflect, maybe talk about it with, a, with an elbow partner, right, or somebody who's right across from them or right next to them, and then after the time is up, then we discuss. So what did you see? What do you feel? What do you, do you hear anything? Which to my students, when they, when there's no sound, especially, you know, um, I do play music for them while they are working, but while we're having a discussion, I usually don't play any music. And so sometimes I'll ask my students, you know, when you look at this piece of art, do you hear anything? Can you hear something? Can you smell something? Can you feel something? And some students are really great at that. You know, they're really good at, putting themselves in the work, right? And, 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 and receiving that information in the moment. And so one of my, when I was reading this article, what I really thought about the matter of sensibility is how can we get better at showing students how to be more in the moment, right? Now, as a teacher, and especially as an art educator, we're always in the moment, especially when we're on campus, because, you know, I mentioned it in um, an episode earlier about how we're on as soon as we set foot on the campus, right? Or as soon as we post something online, that is giving others access to us, right? And then we are able to with a matter of sensibility kind of feel out the situation and so i had to go through that putting out this podcast right because i consider myself a creator i consider myself a creative um human being right an expressive human being not just through art but through music through dance uh through theater through lots of different avenues, poetry, writing, podcasts, I mean, you name it. If I can express myself, I will definitely try. And so with this, I had to think of it as in how are my, how is my audience going to hear this? How are they going to see this? How are they going to feel this? They probably can't smell it, but I'm sure it would smell okay, <laughs> right? Um, but how are they actually going to hear? What are they going to take away, right? And so that's how really, if we're going to take Elliot Eisner's first virtue, matter of sensibility, how and, and what is the manner in which 
we perceive the world and make sense of our world and how can we in turn flip that and pose that to our students and do it still being very engaging, still being our silly artsy selves, right? Our, being our creative selves. And, and I do want to, just as a side note from the article, and this is just my own opinion, right? I do not, um, I do not claim to be an expert on teaching whatsoever. I do not claim to be an expert at art education, but being a part of this community and being kind of that isolated person on campus for the last several years has opened my eyes to how important it is to be a collaborator and that it really is second nature to a creative human being like myself to collaborate with others. So how can we do that? How can we collaborate with each other to make more sense of our surroundings so that way we can go ahead and do that for our students? Now, going back to the article, sorry, that was a major side note. Uh, going back to the article, his second virtue is Effective art education, which is this is what he states, effective art education helps students stretch their minds beyond the literal and rule governed. So if we're going to, that's kind of a heavy statement, right? Because if you think about the literal and the rule governed, there's nothing wrong with those two specific entities, right? The literal being the literal and the rule governed. There's nothing wrong with them unless they are not coming from a understanding point of view, right? And we've seen that over and over and over again, especially with police brutality, especially with those folks who are not willing to understand and listen first and then react. Now, I, I am guilty of this. And I'm not saying that everyone is, <laughs> but I, because I'm putting myself out there and I'm being honest and you have to be honest if you're going to be um, a person who wants to be listened to, right? And so honestly, I have done this in the classroom. I have been guilty of shying away from the hard conversations when I should have felt comfortable enough to, or I should have felt more at ease to explain myself, but because I wasn't ready for certain conversations and I was only, I was only taught to teach art, right? I was taught to teach art. I was taught to teach the whole child. Um, you know, I, I have to cater to their brain development to, and, and, you know, for some students that looks very different because we have to teach differentiated classrooms and we have to, um, teach to inclusion also. And so I've been at the point where a student has asked me a more thought provoking question 
and because I grew up in a more literal and rule-governed environment, you know, living in Texas, going to public schools in Texas, I've shut that student down before. And I had to come to this very hard realization that I can't do that anymore. I can't just say, well, you know what? We don't have a lot of time. We only have 45 minutes for class or whatever your time is. And we really don't have time to get into these discussions. And I'll answer your questions at the end of class. And then by the time the end of class comes, that student has already forgotten their thought. I've already forgotten what they asked me because we have to keep moving, right? We're supposed, as educators, we're supposed to make growth within just a couple of classes and it's difficult especially when you have students who have those hard-hitting questions and so i challenge you i'm challenging myself at the moment um, and and as i continue to be an art educator um, in how, whatever capacity it turns out to be whether it's online whether it's on the podcast if it's you know youtube or in the classroom i will not allow the literal and the rule governed to take away my perception of what I need to teach them and how I need to get them to that next level, right? Because we talked about leveling up. And when we let the literal, we let the, you know, the very black and white, we don't allow a lot of gray areas in the art room, that that stifles their education and it also stifles the curriculum and it's and honestly if we're going to go even deeper it stifles who i am as a person and who i am as a creative human being so think about that effective art ed can help students stretch their minds beyond the literal and rural governed and it also can be transferred not only to the students but it also needs to be believed and coached by the art educator now his third virtue states arts or the arts promotes literacy or an important form of literacy needed to interpret the meanings behind poetry music etc the performing arts etc visual arts etc right now i've seen this in my school because it's it's more of an inner city school right it's it's more at risk and the hardest part about working in that type of environment that type of educational environment is that there's only going to be so much of a percentage of growth because there's only so much we can do at the school. There's only so much that we can teach and that kids can retain if they're not being uh, challenged at home. They have to be challenged at home. They have to be challenged at school because they're going to be challenged outside like when they grow up they're going to be challenged outside of work and they're going to be challenged at work and they have to know how to navigate these different situations and these different 
spaces in their lives so that way they can make more informed decisions that way they don't get so frustrated or you know you have a student that just up and quit or you have a person that up and quits because they're frustrated they don't understand why their boss won't listen to them arts can make for deeper understandings people all people listen to that the arts can make for deeper understandings not only in literature but just in the way that you navigate your everyday life right the arts doesn't always have to be so emotional which is what i hear uh I hear that from different places is that, oh, you know, artists are just, they're just too emotional or artists are bipolar. You know, they, they feel great one moment and then they're, you know, sporadically doing something wacky the next moment. Okay, that's not okay to define someone's actions by a disability. <laughs> because that's just not cool you can't do that you're not a doctor you're not a physician now your thoughts and your opinions are your own and that's okay but in order for us to get kids and to get the future generations to this more understanding and empathetic place in their lives is to allow them to feel allow them to feel the poetry allow them to listen to the poetry allow them to feel the music listen to the music ask them what it's doing to them on the inside you know it's not just for your ears it's for your mind right it's so that way you can understand other content areas now Children will find meaningful access to their cultural, cultural heritage. That was the last part of his third virtue. Now that's huge because that can take us into a conversation about what is, what's the difference between multiculturalism, arts curriculum, and anti-racist arts curriculum. Now, that is going to be our next episode. Uh, the differences between multicultural arts education and anti-racist arts education and how you can decipher between the two, how you can have conversations based on what that's going to look like in your classroom. Because I guarantee you, any educator, whether it's your first year, second year, 10th year, 12th year, 20th year, 35th year, you are going to be asked these hard-hitting questions and we are going to be expected to have an answer and it's not going to be acceptable if you don't. So the quicker that you start to take these virtues, whether they're from 1987 or they're from 2020, Take these virtues, really listen to them, and really maybe write it down because we are expressive human beings, right? As, as creative people, write it down. Write down the three virtues. Write down how those virtues affect you 
and how you can teach those virtues within your arts curriculum, right? Because your curriculum doesn't have to go from what you've already been doing and completely 180 flipping it and you have to completely teach all anti-racist curriculum. No, that's not what I am advocating whatsoever. It's just that it's okay now to talk about anti-racist uh, perspectives, right? It's okay now. And it's going to be okay with you as long as you understand the content. And so being an art educator and understanding the processes of art and the technical skills that it takes with art, it's the same thing with these bigger topics, right? These harder hitting topics. You have to come to a deeper understanding and being a creative human being like we are, you know, more artistic human beings, it should be a little bit easier for us to feel that empathetic um, kind of ball in your gut, right? Like knowing like, you know what? I have done this in the past. I'm not going to do it anymore, and I'm going to figure out how I can do it better, right? Isn't that like how life should be, right? That's how your perspective on life should be. How can you make your situation better? How can we level up from this point? So I wanted to share those little, you know, tidbits with you guys, and I wanted to put out the idea of the arts are not basic <laughs> whatsoever. They are not basic. And if we continue to, you know, still have the same rhetoric where the arts are necessary, the arts are essential, the arts are this, the arts are that, it's just another adjective to add in front of why the arts are so special, right? So find your adjective. Why are the arts so special? and hashtag it. Hashtag it either on my YouTube channel, hashtag it on my Instagram, Facebook, whichever way that you follow me, it would be great to see what is your art adjective? Why is it, or what is the word that's gonna get you to level up? Is it level up? Is it perspective? Is it changing perspectives? Is it, um, you know, it could be anything, <laughs> right? And so if you want to change the way things are done, then you are invariably going to have to change the way you do them first. So that's what this whole podcast is about. That's what my whole new lease on life looks like right, right now. And I did also want to mention before we go for today's uh podcast, there's a call for artists and there's a call for art educators. And I do want to congratulate the um, 10 teachers, 10, you guys, 10, I can't believe it. Within the first 20, 30 minutes of putting that call to art educators out there, I got responses from 10 wonderful teachers from around the country and also as far reaching as London, the United Kingdom, you guys. This is considered, and I coined it, I, or maybe I coined it, I don't know, but this is going to be 
the largest art educator PLC, I hope, right, across the globe. And I'm so excited to hear from these art educators because I know that they have things that they want to say and they have ways that they can help us get to that next level and for us to level up. So artists, I haven't forgotten about you too. If you have something that you want to say, please email me your artist statement and why art is so important to you right now in this current climate. Please email me a few samples of what you are working on or if you've worked on anything in the past that has to do with anti-racist um, arts curriculum or seeing different perspectives. You know, it's all people welcome, you guys. Everybody from any walk of life can submit. And I love to promote your artwork, but also promote your voice because that's, that's what is most important to artists. You're not alone. You have things to say. We know that you do as artists and we want you to speak up. So please, please, please take the time. You will not be judged, believe me, not by me at least. And uh, again, all people welcome. So I want you guys to have a wonderful day, have a wonderful week, stay safe, stay healthy, make sure that you wash your hands, please use your face coverings, cases of uh, corona are spiking at the moment because of a lot of hot spots in the country where people are gathering together for these protests. So even if you are protesting, please protest wisely, okay? Take your hand sanitizer. Hold your own signs. Don't touch your eyes. Don't touch your nose or your mouths. Please stay safe. Do not cause more unrest because you are trying to speak up for the cause. Okay? So stay safe. Stay healthy, you guys. Arts forever. Love you guys. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye.